this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottage car life. Today, we're going to talk about something that's pretty much utilitarian. This is not going to be one of the fun episodes per se. We're not going to make something new. We're not going to do something that you may have never heard of before. In fact, we're going to discuss something you probably have heard of and may never have actually done because nowadays many people don't do it but if you can it's really something worthwhile to do what am I talking about I'm talking about a good old-fashioned rug beating you heard me rug beating let's talk about why it's a little bit more I want to say effective in more ways than one when it comes to cleaning more than just the rug. So, open up your book, book, big book of stuff and look up under the section of household management and look for the subsection called rugs. And let's get started. rugs, we know that they can be found in almost every part of the world, even if they're not called a rug. Some people will even call a rug a mat and a mat a rug interchangeably, although they're not quite the same thing at all. But some people confuse a woven rug with mat. And then, you know, I can't stop you. You do what you want. I'm not the boss of you. But one thing's for sure, there's different kinds. For some people, a rug can be as simple as an animal pout, or a hide, or a skin. Think like a bearskin rug, in which case the pout or skin has been uh, properly processed, uh, butchered, the animal has been uh, cut up and the flesh removed from the skin or the fur hide itself and during that processing it's stretched, it's dried, it's treated and it's scraped and sometimes it's used as its own self uh, with no matting but other times people sew another piece underneath it either of cloth or additional leather or other materials so that it can have less wear and tear and it's on the floor and that's uh, one of the most common ones you'll see people refer to in large homes uh, from the turn of the century uh, if you're referring to an animal rug they think of bearskin but it's not the only kind uh, people have used other animals as well I've seen canine quote-unquote rugs I've seen large cat rugs and we won't get into where I've seen them because I don't think I should tell you that but just say that they're old enough that it wouldn't be a problem like uh, many decades old other rugs are woven rugs and for many people they think of the uh, Middle Eastern, Far Eastern, and Near Eastern rugs 
when they think of those. Many times you'll think of uh, Afghanistan or Afghani patterns or Turkestan, and you'll think of the wonderfully ornate patterns that you may have seen. Uh, in addition to those kinds of rugs, there are also woven rugs that are from the Americas as well. So uh, there's no shortage of people and peoples who can weave a rug. Although for some of us, uh, there is less proximity to the artisans in these textiles that there would have been years ago or centuries ago. So for some, it's almost a mystical uh, knowledge or an arcane knowledge in some areas. And for other areas, it's pretty commonplace. So again, there's the woven rug, and that has to do with textile materials. And those textiles uh, could even be anything from fleece to hair to cotton, which cotton being a plant uh, is why, you know, you kind of count it as its separate self. Some rugs also can double as mats or mats double as rugs because they're made from woven materials that are stiffer plant fibers such as uh, being reeds or uh, linen or processed uh, bark and again people will call them mats but just because you wipe your feet on a mat doesn't mean that's the only kind of mat there is and again they are indeed rugs many people use them in fishing uh, areas or near beach areas because it's easier to shake sand out of them. You wouldn't want something heavy that would hold a lot of uh, dirt and filth if you need to shake it off. So that is another kind of rug you could have. Um, I've even seen them woven with reeds, so depends on what you're doing. You could even make a rug, um, although many people might call it a mat, out of uh, grasses. You'd have to stitch them together and then put them together in a larger piece, but it's definitely done. And oftentimes this is done in a woven uh, willow kind of weave, and it's really cool. If I had to think of what it might have been a predecessor, our material rugs and the uses that they have for people's homes um, other than the, the animal rug I might think of when people would use rushes or uh, bundles of heather or bundles of other aromatic plants strewn across the floor in people's living spaces together cooking oils and dust and whatnot that could be easily replaced by pulling out and burning at the end of uh, periods of time, like a season or a month, and it would catch all the dirt and the filth and you could just take it out. And I would say that, and this is just a guess, you probably would eventually move forward to create more permanent pieces, such as uh, woven rugs or rugs that were, again, made of grasses or reeds attached together into quote-unquote mats, and then that would be uh, something that could be recycled and shaken out. 
But that's just my theory. You don't have to listen to that. Again, I'm not the boss of you. For most of us, uh, the closest thing to a rug we would see in everyday life would be the traditional machine knotted rug. Uh, this is the modern day version of the hand knotted rugs that you would have seen in ancient Persia. I think that was around five or 600 BC, which would be the earliest surviving examples of those. And you also would know its descendant, which would be carpet. Because of course, what is the natural progression from rugs it would be carpet. So that's where you are now in our timeline of this episode. We've gone from pieces of uh, or animal hides and pelts and skins to machine knotted carpets and rugs. But today, we're going to talk about the rugs you can still buy. They usually come in rolls or uh, you can roll them out and put them on top of your carpet or on a bare floor. And what you get out of beating them outside versus just having them regularly cleaned. Because, yes, uh, taking them to a professional cleaner is preferable, but it is a cathartic piece to beating a rug. So when you are taking your rug outside and you hang it up to beat it on a clothesline or a drying line, you're engaging in an age-old practice that kind of connects you to generations that came before you. The simple act of hanging it out is so very primal when it comes to getting time to clean it, to beat the dust out of it, that it just is a wonderful release. You can physically see the dust coming out of the rug itself when you beat it. And if you're old enough, you may have a rug beater. You know, I know that that might sound foreign to you, but there were such things as rug beaters. And they were used for the purpose that they're named, to beat a rug, to get the dust out of it. I don't know about you, but there's something satisfying about making sure that when you're ready to get rid of something dusty or or the dust off something you can see it removed it's similar to the satisfaction you get of wiping up a spill with a cloth but it's so much more invigorating to beat the dust out of a rug course, beating a rug is not going to get every piece of filth out of it. But this is something you can do periodically, just as general maintenance and to get rid of frustration. Angry at the tax man? Go beat a rug. Kind of had a bad day? Go beat a rug. Now, of course, if it's a huge rug, like an area rug, then you're going to have to put some thought into it. This is not something you can move every day. But if it's a smaller one, get on out there and beat that bad boy. Another thing is that you can also hose your rug down depending on the kind of fibers that it has. 
just make sure it's a sunny day and give yourself two or three days where the forecast says sunny so that it has plenty of time to dry in the sun. There's something really beautiful about a sun-dried rug. Just make sure you don't leave it out there too long or else it'll begin to curl under. Hosing a rug down with a soapy water and scrubbing it with a long broom or brush is also something that's very satisfying. Again, this is an outdoor activity, but you can just see the filth coming off of it. It's not gonna be quite the same as a professional rug doctor, um, not being sponsored by that brand, by the way, but it definitely is going to get a lot cleaner than just beating it. And you never wanna let your rug get dirty to the point where it's sticky or tacky or gets crushed down with oiliness. So making a regular routine of it is always best. Now here's where some of us are going to disagree. I have seen people use uh, shaken scent materials uh, such as Love My Carpet, Again, I'm not sponsored by them. I have nothing against them for carpets and other materials to shake onto a rug to refresh it or to give it a better scent. I would say that it would be safer, especially for an older rug, to use something like a baking soda mixed with essential oil rather than to use something uh, commercially done. That way you can control how much uh, scent is in the rug because sometimes too much scent can damage people's uh, allergy uh, free environment. So be careful with that. I mean, that's just the thought, just an idea for me. Now, something else you can do while your rug is outside though that you could use if you don't have an allergy problem and that would not necessarily get ground into the fibers of your rug if you're trying to scent it would be to use incense. You could hang your rug, then place a sheet over it uh, if it's hanging, preferably between two clotheslines, and then have a nice pot of incense and have that coming up. I would recommend the Damascus Rose. Uh, that's usually one of the better scents. Uh, heavy scents like resins are not necessarily as easy to handle when it comes to scenting a rug. Um, they tend to turn, I can't really explain it, a little bit bitter, a little harsh. You can also burn oud uh, depending on your preference. But again, if you scent your rug, please understand that it may stay in the fiber. So make sure whatever scent you use is something you really love. I would be remiss if I didn't point out one of the things I personally like to do with rugs. And that thing that I love to do is to make temporary walls in my garden for privacy. You know, sometimes you just want your own little hidey hole. And if you have enough rugs, or tapestries, of course, but if you have enough rugs, you can definitely make a very 
private feeling space in your backyard. It's different than a fence. It's more intimate and it feels really great. If you have a tent, you can use that, of course, and you can put the rug on the bottom of the tent to make you feel like your inside is outside. There are so many uses for rugs outdoors, almost as many for indoors, and the only limit is your own imagination and the fiber and terrain that you're using the rug on. So, you know, get out there and experiment, but definitely beat your rug. It's worth it. It feels great. It'll make you feel better. It's also great exercise if it's a really big rug. Get out there and beat your rug. Trust me, it's a good thing. It feels wonderful. Well, it seems that this episode on rugs has just kind of flown by. Did you catch a joke? Did you catch it? Did you catch the joke this time? You know, rugs are carpets and flying rugs, flying carpets, flown by? Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. All right. All right. I like the sheer jokes with my friends. And we're friends, right? I hope you'll take some time to consider ways that you can vent your frustration and do housework, kind of like beating a rug. And even if it's just a bathroom rug, hang it on the shower curtain rod and beat it, especially if you're frustrated. It's kind of like the same outlet that you would get from kneading dough. There was a book called the I Hate to Cook book and the follow-up book, uh, no, excuse me, and the predecessor book was the I Hate to Cook Almanac. That was the follow-up book, I'm sorry, the I Hate to Cook Almanac. And in there was a, a recipe for something called aggression cookies. And the more you beat them, the better the cookies turned out. Well, it's the same thing with rugs. The more you beat that rug, the more comfortable that rug will eventually be until it's worn out and then you get another one. You know, we're often like that, you know. We run into difficult situations that tend to beat us, or we think they do. But in actuality, they make us more flexible and supple. And we become better people for it. Sometimes adversity is just another way to shine the gem up. Diamonds in the rough aren't always recognized. So maybe beating that rug will beat away the problem. Or beat away the blocks in your view to solving the problem that has you out there beating the rug in the first place. And sometimes a cigar is just a cigar and beating a rug is just beating a dirty rug. But either way, I look forward to seeing you here next time on my Magical Cottagecore Life. <laughs>